evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, the largest single-screen drive-in in the United States. We're certainly glad you could be with us this evening. And don't forget the concession stand is open with all kinds of great things to eat and drink. Eighty-nine point three Mahoning Drive-In Radio. Your old friend Virgil back once again with some very special uh, co-hosts tonight, Mark and James. That's right. JT is in the house. Say hi, guys. Hola. Hello. And we are coming off of the most insane weekend and week of our lives, <laughs> not just with the event, Joe Bob's Jamboree, but with the madness that we have gone through uh, with the property and everything else, the ongoing madness. But we wanted to at least pop in here and give you guys um, a nice recap of the Jamboree. A lot of you guys were not able to make it. A lot of you guys had a lot of questions about everything that went on logistics, all that stuff. So we brought the guys together to kind of break it down. And let's do just that. Let's go through. It was a four-day event, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Thursday was Joe Bob's Redneck Save Hollywood show with a 35-millimeter screening of Smokey and the Bandit. Friday night was Mutant Fest, I guess we could call it, which is a film festival put on by Joe Bob, handpicked by Joe Bob and team. And of course, Joe Bob gave away awards all night long. On Saturday, we filmed a live version of The Last Drive-In, as well as hosted many guests, vendors, food trucks, all sorts of stuff, and 850 plus people. Um, and on Sunday, we had, of course, our Drive-In of Dread, the haunted drive-in attraction, which for me was my favorite of the weekend. But let's rewind back to Thursday. Guys, what's the deal? Uh, how did you feel Thursday went? I felt Thursday went pretty well in comparison to a lot of the other nights. Thursday was easing into it because we had a smaller uh, ticket sale, I think mostly due to the fact that it was announced later and a lot of people already had made their travel plans to come from like every corner of America. So Thursday, I think we had roughly like 300 people there, if I'm correct. And, yeah, I think uh, I think with the drive up sales, it was closer to 450. So a very healthy night for us at the drive-in. Joe Bob's How Redneck Saved Hollywood, he was standing on a very large, I was surprised when I got there, very large professional like rock concert stage that we had off to the right of the screen. And he worked the podium and, uh, and funny, uh, Darcy was the one who ran the laptop with all of the clips and the videos. And uh, Virgil and I had been out on Wednesday night, uh, just Virgil, Joe Bob and myself standing at the digital booth, kind of running through the entire show and tweaking the AV settings and all that which was kind of fun. And I guess Carl was there too, Carl Mazzella, one of our regulars and the sort of auxiliary staff. And we were going through the whole thing and saying, oh man, I've seen that movie. Oh man, that movie's great. Oh, I've got that movie. So yeah, Thursday, uh, a lot of really happy folks showed up. It wasn't a jam-packed lot. The Redneck show was hilarious. We had lawn seating set up for people to watch him live and see the screen live. And then the audio went out through the FM transmitter. So anybody anywhere on the lot could hear it. And that was... Boy, that was like two hours, two hours plus, I think, if I recall. Yeah, it ran. I, I was expecting it to be like a tight hour, but he went on. I mean, that's the thing that they set up front is this show has no time limit. JB can run with it. Uh, he can keep it tight depending on how he's feeling. And uh, yeah, he, he got really nice and relaxed, clearly loves what we do. And the idea that we got to play 35 that night as well. And a special title for you, Mark. 
Well, that was the only 35 feature we ran all weekend, uh, Smokey, which was the, we've talked about this elsewhere, but that was the first, one of the first movies I ever saw. That was a movie I saw when I was three years old with my father back in 77 at my local drive-in, Claremont Drive-In in New Hampshire. And uh, it was the first time I'd seen it on film at a drive-in since 77. I did the math and that's, we won't get into how many decades that is, but it's, it's quite a long time. And, uh, you know, Darcy and Joe Bob were both sort of dressed up as Burt Reynolds, Joe Bob had the red shirt. Darcy had the red shirt and the mustache and the cowboy hat. And that was pretty cool. And uh, not everybody, I don't think, stayed for the movie because it started quite late, but I loved it. And several friends had never seen it before, part of our regular group who were there and they really loved it. And uh, it just plays great. Print looked great. Um, I had a bunch of Burt Reynolds trailers for my collection that we uh, had Rob thread up before the movie. So we sort of set the tone with stuff that Joe Bob had talked about in the show, some like white lightning and gator. And I threw uh, any which way you can in there. And it was in Burt Reynolds uh, ad that I have for energy conservation. So it was a really fun scene setter, so to speak. And uh, yeah, the snack bar was jumping the whole time. The merch uh, tent was jumping the whole time because we had those exclusive Joe Bob Jamboree t-shirts and posters. And uh, JT, were you there on Thursday? It's such a blur. I don't remember who was and wasn't there. Uh, yeah, I was there on Thursday. I, I thought it went the smoothest in terms of uh, timing. And I'm, I've come to learn that Joe Bob is really all about timing. He loves having things queued up and going right into things. And I could tell the show went extremely well, extremely smooth. I didn't know what to expect when I heard Darcy was going to be running the uh, slideshow. I thought he was joking at first. She literally rocked it. it. (laughs) She was sitting there in her Burt Reynolds costume at a laptop the whole time hitting that space bar. Yeah, I saw her following along with the script, and then she would cover up the light to read the script when there were video segments being shown. So, like, she definitely did her research on how to do a PowerPoint presentation. Hell yeah, she's a pro. I mean, a whole new level of respect for JB, but to see Darcy at work, I mean, she goes all out for this production and for this team and for JB. Uh, There were many times when we saw her assisting JB uh, getting up and down the hill to the stage. So it was really amazing to see that relationship outside of the show. Yeah, I also, I I love that we were able to present something like you guys said on 35 and do something our way that's completely a Mahoning staple. Um, It was cool to let the audience that was there for Joe Bob to also get, you know, a little peek at what we do on a regular basis. Yeah. We had a lot of folks, obviously first timers who came out for this event, who've never been before. And again, I can't say it often enough from all over the country. And uh, I had, uh, they, they did get the full Mahoning experience that night. The live element was something we're doing more of, but not completely normal for us. But I did a, pre-show DJ set that was like four hours of 70s, 60s, 70s country and Southern rock and and stuff like that, which I I do not like country in the least. But if you put some country music in a 70s car chase movie, it goes a long way for me enjoying it. (laughs) There was a lot of Jerry Reed and all kinds of weird stuff I found, which actually wound up being a playlist that I've listened to a couple of times and I quite like. So I guess there is some country that I like now. But yeah, that seeing the projectors running, which is something that people really couldn't do the rest of the weekend. Although I think Jeff ran and Rob ran an intermission reel every day, if I recall. So there was a moment where 35 was used, but mostly- There was also that film on Friday that the uh, they shot on 35, right? 
that actually was it that actually ended up getting changed over it was shot on 16 millimeter and somehow right. down the line the word got out that he had a 35 millimeter print which actually ended up not being true um so we actually ended up showing it oh. we got Oops. all excited about it but i don't think the public ever knew that that was even a possibility so i think friday was the earliest night for everybody too i don't remember when we wrapped up but thursday you mean so I'm sorry. See, I don't honestly, I don't know that any of us have fully recovered from Joe Bob weekend <laughs> yet. Um, the weather was good on Thursday, if I recall. Yes, the weather was nice. The crowd was beautiful. Everybody that got there got what they expected as far as first shot at merchandise, first shot at JB and Darcy. Everything went really smoothly. Like JT said, the, the show went absolutely flawlessly. The new projectors that we had installed looked absolutely gorgeous so uh, as far as you know the show and um everything involved thursday was solid gold and joe bob and darcy their autographs yeah i was just about to say they signed autographs until like 2 30 in the morning like yes. as soon as as soon as the the live show was over they sat at a table outside at the top of our little hill and uh, they signed for a long line of people until everybody was satisfied and that was really impressive because they had been on the lot since uh, early afternoon, if I recall, oh, yeah. or, or long, you know, like around showtime. Hours, and this was a insanely hot weekend. Like seriously, knock you on your pants or knock you knock your uh, socks off heat. And <laughs> and on top of it, on Friday, moving into Friday, we got literally monsooned for a good hour. I would say at least, and it caught a lot of people by surprise. We had a ton of people from out of town. And JB said it, I think this is more rain than a lot of people have seen in their whole life because it literally washed over the whole entire lot, knocked out vendor spaces, knocked over tents, people who weren't in a, um, a flooded area when they set up their tent, all of a sudden found themselves in a full puddle, you know? So it started the day off insanely. We were juggling to get as many people onto the lot as we can, 850 tickets we pre-sold. So the parking situation we were trying to keep to a T, parked everybody in, the parking situation went amazingly well. Our lot crew were champions. Oh, it was insane. Volunteers out the hoo-ha, right. long hours on the staff, in the heat, all of that. It was, it was so trying, you know? And Friday, we had the issue with the vendors where they all got knocked out. Some people lost some of their product that they brought, just got totally nailed. And, you know, it put a hold on the production as well of the show for about an hour, which pushed back the schedule, which started the scheduling issues throughout the whole weekend. JB and Darcy, I think, swallowed that pill on Thursday that this was going to be totally doable. We're going to be able to see all the people that came here to see us, no problem, and be able to get out of here by 2.30. Friday, not the case at all. It was a really long night as far as the program goes. We had two full features that were winners of the film festival. And then we jumped into, I believe it was 10 shorts. So the sun was literally coming up when the program was ending at like 4.40 in the morning. And certainly it wiped out Joe Bob. He was up up and down on that stage every single night. And Darcy came down sick that night. 
So she was jumping into the weekend on the wrong foot as far as her health was concerned. So it was decided that night that because the vendors got knocked out, Darcy was going to open up the tune tent, which we had set up for the next morning, to the vendors. So they had a safe, dry space to vend throughout the weekend. So that kind of threw a wrench in the AM tune tent for both days. But it worked out because in reality, Darcy and JB were on the lot until probably four o'clock on Saturday. And Friday, we know what the situation was there. So for them to be be back on the lot and rocking by 10 a.m. would have been a real, real ask, even in good health. I must say, I must say as well, I was keeping my eye on the weather for the whole week. And I remember coming up saying that there was going to be some rain on Saturday, which was worrisome because it was the shoot day. But Friday looked clear. Friday looked clear all week. Saturday and Sunday were the toss-up. Friday looked really good. Yeah, so it was like the opposite of what everybody had been planning. Like, we were kind of looking at a weather situation. Not too bad, but, you know, some rain on Saturday. Like, But when something crawls up on you like that out of nowhere, nobody was expecting that or, or prepared for a random monsoon to appear. Like someone opened the Jumanji game. <laughs> I think the the best attitude of the weekend were those people that fully embraced it. It turned into Woodstock where, you know, folks literally were like, well, all of the stuff that I brought is absolutely soaked, but I'm rolling through this because I came here to have fun with my people, with my culture, all that stuff. And that's what we've been seeing overwhelmingly is even though we had to, you know, scoot the tune tent and change how that all worked. And even though we had to change the times of the photo op each day because of uh, exhaustion and scheduling. And even though, you know, there were, were breaks in the photo op lines and things like that, it's been nothing but positivity. It's been nothing but love, nothing but people coming at us and saying like, oh my God, thank you for giving us this opportunity to bring the mutant family together and to celebrate and all be together. So that's the beautiful thing is, I think people going into this knew that it was going to be a learning situation. First time out the gate, getting our feet wet with this big of an event. And, you know, I pointed out many times we hosted this event as far as the organization of this event that was handled by JB and his team. So, you know, we, we were all on the same page going into this thing, but just like any event, when things get thrown at you, you have to kind of roll with the punches. I personally think that, you know, we're just being harder on ourselves than people are being hard at us for what happened with the weather, because we all want the show to go perfectly. You know, we all want everything to go smoothly. Sure. And when it doesn't, everything that we had planned, and this happens to me all the time when I'm doing some kind of photo op or, um, you know, I worked really hard on some kind of a set and something is missing or something is like, maybe it is raining and like, it's, it's hard for me to um, get the lights working or some kind of curveball gets thrown at me. Nobody seems to really mind except for me and because I planned on it being perfectly. And I'm saying that's how I think it worked for this whole event is that people that came out, they still had fun and they still loved being there and they know, and nobody could blame us for the weather. It's an act of God, you know? Sure. But we, you know, work so hard, all of us, their team, our team to make this as smooth and perfect as possible. So it's, we're really just being really tough on ourselves 
for something that we really can't control. I mean, we pulled the team together and honestly, this undertaking was massive. And for us, we deal with this every weekend. Huge crowds, maybe not this huge, but weather issues, like for our team, we rolled right through it. We were ready for the floods. We were ready for the water to start rolling in. We were ready for, you know, the mud. We were ready for all the all the technical issues because that's what we deal with all the time. I think it just put a hindrance on the production schedule and the, the show schedule because it was one of those things that was coming so hard, you literally could not function in it. You know, the lecture tent and things like that all had to be put on a halt because we're getting nailed by water. <laughs> Yeah, And there were so many moving parts on any given day. I mean, Thursday was the easiest day. And I kept saying to everybody, we're, we're easing into it on a Thursday. And Sunday, which we'll get to, was, was in some ways easier. But we had a stage with live bands and a sound tent. We had a live TV production crew with a Panavid truck there. We had the two, the supposed to be the tune tent, but it wound up being the filmmaker seminar tent and the filmmaker screening tent. And we had our own snack bar and we had our own photo op, which we'll talk about. And we had the merch tent and we had multiple vendors. I mean, there was so much going on that radio and food truck. We all have in food trucks too. We have yeah. little walkie talkies that we use to communicate with each other on the lot. And those things never were silent over the course of three days until the very, very late hour every night. So it, it was so much to stay on top of and so much to coordinate between different departments that at one point, every one of us just lost it either in the presence of others or alone, but it, there was, everybody reached a breaking point and, and, and because it was just, it was an overwhelming amount of things to deal with. I'm not sure how much of it was the number of people like the snack bar was busy, but I don't know that they ever were completely overwhelmed. I don't think it was the numbers at all. Cause honestly, it was, there were a lot of cars and it was the weather. Yeah. VHS fest was so close to what we had for this. And we handled that fine too. It's it's the number of people really is not an issue. It's things that are outside of our control. That you know, what could we do? Yeah, and that's the thing. And we roll with the punches best that we could. I remember at a certain point, Mark, I pulled you aside and was like, "There are changes coming to the schedule literally every hour, and there's no way for us to relate to the fan base what is going on besides that radio booth." So we made a point to say, let's just use the FM as the information station. There are lines going every which way for every sort of thing, people waiting, blah, blah, blah. At least we can get on the horn and keep them informed. And I found that really worked. A lot of people actually said that it was uh, incredibly helpful. The regulars knew that that was the way to get uh, the information. But at a certain point on Saturday, I know that JB had to run out because something had happened to his ankle or, or something where they had to go back to the hotel. So there was the line for the photo op, which had formed and literally rocked all the way around the whole entire lot. Uh, then we had a whole other line for just photographs and autographs that literally rocked the whole other half of the lot. And JB and Darcy weren't even there yet. <laughs> And it was a thing where it's like, all right, let's just try to keep everybody happy. Let's try to keep everybody hydrated. At a certain point, we walked the line and started giving people water because it was it was ridiculously hot. We know that people expected to wait in lines, but to have the schedule kind of switched on them last minute 
We went out of our way to try to make sure that at least they were comfortable and informed when we were informed. <laughs> and, and there was uh, one medical emergency on the lot on Saturday and yeah. our, our lot crew raced to a woman's aid who had passed out due to the heat. And luckily there was an EMT, <clears throat> Colin, who was on the lot on Friday, who introduced himself to Candace and said, if you need anything, I'm here and I've got my kit and I'm happy to help. And uh, we wound up calling him the next day and he actually didn't have tickets for Saturday when this incident occurred. He was at like, Dave and Buster's or Buffalo Wild Wings or something in another town. <laughs> and we called him and I'm like, um, are you here? Can you be here? And he uh, he came back and we were like, yeah, everything's covered for you for the rest of the weekend if you want to be here. And uh, he saw to this person, uh, there was another doctor who introduced himself. Same guy, uh, Dr. Jack, who had brought in biscuits from Cracker Barrel on, on Friday yes. or Thursday to give to Joe Bob, right? <laughs> which he greatly appreciated. So we wound up having a, a, a medical tent set up in in the corner of where the vendors were on Saturday to attend to anybody who was overheated or had any medical issues. And and there were various things that arose and it was just like something we've never had before, something we've never had to have before, but it was fantastic that these people just presented themselves, you know, out of the kindness of their hearts. They could have been like, Hey, it's my day off. I'm not going to do that. But uh, they, they were great. And they assisted somebody who was very much, you know, in need of their help. And I guess several people over the course of the next couple of days. Well, I find that this happens often where, people realize how much work all of us are putting into said show, whatever one they're at, and they want to offer to help out because they see us busting our ass. It's not like we're all chilling. You know what I mean? They really see me running around or they see the lock guys trying to help park cars. And like, they do like want to participate because they see how off, how often that we're not just standing around doing nothing. So that'll happen at like almost any weekend where somebody will say, Hey, do you need a hand with something? which is amazing that like our audience will do that for us. Yeah, it's unreal. And honestly, like that happens several times over Joe Bob weekend where we had Bill in the morning picking up trash. Bill just literally rolled in as a fan. He had the Joe Bobber bust save the Mahoning van that was parked up front the whole entire weekend. And, you know, we had multiple people help us out with line control on the road and literally sweating bullets like they're going through shirts, you know, sweating through shirts just to help us out and make sure the event goes smoothly. And that's really telling of of the community that we have and the event that we were holding there. I mean, it certainly helped the fact that we rolled into the weekend with amazing news of the theater being saved and everybody had such a great energy and celebratory headspace that Really, anything could have got thrown at us. And I think you know, either way, we were rolling through it, you know. But I think Friday was the issue was the rain, the vendors. Now we get into Saturday and it's like, this was the biggest technical undertaking of our lives to have to put on a, you know, nationally televised show that it has so many moving parts and elements, a live factor, everything, you know, and I feel like that production team, the last drive-in team, raised the bar for us in such a huge way on a technical level that night. To see them at work and do what they do and kind of tap into what the Mahoning does was enlightening and inspiring, honestly, because that show went flawlessly. Literally, and James, <laughs> you can speak more on this. The guys came to me on Friday after this monsoon and they said, yeah, this set is not going to work. Like we are flooded up front. There's no covering. There's, you know, all sorts of things that could go wrong. 
And I'm like, uh, we got no time to react to this thing. And they pulled the team together, which included James, and started running from there. So what, what exactly <laughs> happened as far as the adaptation of the set? All I know is I'm having a good time Thursday night. <laughs> and fr- Friday Friday was, was getting crazy, as we know. But, you know, I'm rolling. I'm, I know what to expect for the weekend, for the most part. I know what my role is to play. I know what set I'm working on. I know what's, you know, running on, on Sunday that I'm involved with. And I'm like, I... I, I Everything is under control, and even with the weather, like I know my part in this whole plan here. <laughs> Did not expect late into Friday for Austin, the director of the show, who I must say he really does carry. Like him and, and Justin really carry that show. Like they do so much in terms of getting that show off the ground. It's the same thing with like all productions where, you know, you have your star. And uh, but there's all these guys behind the scenes, and you don't really realize how much work they do to make it all possible. And they don't get enough credit. I never feel like people behind the scenes get enough credit. And I just definitely got to give them a shout out for everything that they clearly were doing to handle all the situations that came up with us. Um, the things that were out of our control, they did, pitched in to help. And then oh, yeah. in terms of this, <laughs> coming up to me late in the night and saying, "Hey, so I need to talk to you about something." And I'm like, okay. And they're like, it's going to be fun. And I'm thinking, I highly doubt it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I, yeah, I really don't. I doubt it. So but I'm in, I'm in anticipation of what it's going to be. And then before he came back to talk to me, I got ahead of it. And I called John Demmer on the phone, our local, well, not local, he's from Newark, but our, our carpenter friend, our master carpenter, who has helped with you know, several sets over the years, especially ones that involve carpentry, building houses and stuff. I said, so I was just approached with a proposition. I don't know what it's about, but there's a good chance I'm going to need you. <laughs> and he said, well, thank God I'm, I'm volunteering tomorrow. He goes, what do you need? And I said, I don't know yet. Just please be available. I, when he, once he comes back and we talk about it, I will let you know. Um, and then I'll, I'll see if I can get them two to talk because, um, I wanted like some direct communication. I don't want to just be the guy giving out the orders. I wanted Austin to talk to John directly and tell him like some of his thoughts. So once Austin came back and we talked and basically said, we're throwing out the old set idea, which was funny because I ordered all these different things for that set, all these things on the request list to make the last drive-in set at the Mahoning. So all that stuff was out. And there's this whole new idea, which involved getting a circus tent and then putting a revival church inside of the circus tent, which would require building, like, you know, things you would expect, like cross and various things. (laughs) And I'm like, cool. So I'm I'm stunned. You know what I mean? I'm stunned. I mean, I understand the situation. I personally would have just taken the circus tent and put it on the last drive-in set and used what they were going to do. But I think they just wanted the inside to match, you know, the tent itself to have a cohesive theme, I guess. So I had Austin talk to John and give him the rundown of what he was thinking. And then we came up with a game plan that to meet back at the drive-in at 930 in the morning, which was terrible to hear since we were all there until like four o'clock in the morning. So great. We'll reconvene in five hours. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll figure this out. I have no idea what to expect. So it turned out that a lot of the ideas that they wanted to do, Shudder was not 
okay with. They did not want a cross or any religious iconography. So they basically just went in the stand and compiled a lot of like old props that I, I had for other shows or various things like uh, they wanted film reels. I gave them some film reels to use. They wanted some like old some trailers. I don't want to say old trailers. They're all new, terrible movies like Employee of the Month that uh, <laughs> we used for the set. Which we have like and, 400 uh, copies of. Earn right. Employee of the Month. I, I, need, I asked Robert, I was like, what are some things, what are some trailers I could destroy? <laughs> he was like, Employee of the Month. <laughs> And then, and then even down to like the lettering for the marquee. If you watch the show when it airs, you'll see our letters on the marquee saying um, "Driving Jamboree." So basically, we had to put a set together in a day. Uh, their team, and then myself and my brother, who was coming down, and John. So it was definitely. Uh, <laughs> Unexpected, you know. It's, it's definitely cool to say that we put together the, sh the set for the show. And if you watch the show again, look around the, the set. Like, just look in all the corners, and you'll see things that you might recognize. Or I got there's a a crate there which I used for the mummy set many years ago now. And then there was a skull with a mohawk from uh, Return of the Living Dead for Zombie Fest. Yeah. And just tons of stuff. It doesn't necessarily make sense for the the idea of the uh, revivalist church to have some of these things. It was just full of cool knickknacks, and they used like oh, they actually ended up using the stuff that I did buy. It just wasn't what it was originally intended for. But they used the lawn chairs, they used the different like tinsel and stuff. So it all worked out. The set looked really interesting. It looked cool. It was you know, stunning. It for Joe Bob. Absolutely stunning. I think that's the thing. They that... used that TV. That was the craziest thing, Matt, for VHS <laughs> Fest the weekend before. Somebody left an abandoned television on two cinder blocks. And I was like, ah, oh, VHS Fest. You never know what people are going to leave. It's front and center in the Joe Bob shoot. I'm like, that <laughs> is hilarious. Thank God that person left <laughs> Again, divine kind of crazy uh, whirlwind of putting on these shows. Like even, again, working under the gun, no time, last minute, change of plan. It all came together. Everybody pulled together to make it happen. And again, it's, you know, you, you preached about it, but, you know, Justin and Austin and the last drive-in team, like they rolled right with us. They certainly have the, the drive-in mentality in mind where it's like, you got to roll with the punches. Like we need to make sure that this goes off without a hitch. We've all worked way too hard to take any chances. Let's make this happen. Whatever we have to do, no sleep or not, you know? And again, perfect marriage of the Mahoning and last driving right there. Even when they filmed the, uh, we'll get into Sunday, but when they filmed what they ended up showing on the screen for the driving of dread, like they did the same thing there too, where they improvised and then they just said, okay, we're going with this instead. You know, they changed up their schedule. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're really like ready to go when it term in terms of like uh, making it work yeah. when things don't seem to be coming together. They, they really know how to make it work and they know, you know, how to recruit talent and uh, you know, ask for help. Like they definitely were not being, you know, tough about like, well, this is our show. Like they were totally open for ideas and saying, you know, what do you think? What can we do? Right. And uh, being appreciative of, of the fact that we were able to whip that set together so fast. Yeah. Again, you know, like just crazy destiny with how this whole event came about, how the event went down, how everything went down before the event. 
it's just again like crazy divine nature of this whole situation but, but yes huge shout out to them and saturday i think had my favorite moments first off when joe bob came out there was a roar of applause that just would not stop uh to the point where jb didn't really know what to do i, I think he was you know waited out that that applause with the big smile on his face and you could see it washing over him he was getting that love that this whole event was about and people were so appreciative to have him there and have this all happening in front of them and that just literally you know stopped me in my tracks and of course the opening what they they did an acoustic opening of the last drive-in theme song and it was incredible it was this nice kind of moment of peace as we're about to go into the 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 rocky waters you know what i mean and it, it was just nice calming moment and then the roar of applause and for me the angela dance when they got amelia they got linnea they had darcy and joe bob all doing a dance from night of the demons with johnny brennan singing along the whole audience got up and started doing it along with them I was like, this is what we expected of the last drive-in show. Like, this is what it had to be. And it was so interactive and moving and just what people wanted. And technically, no issues at all. It sprinkled a bit. It did, but like, yeah. But it didn't affect But let's anything. be honest. No, no, I'm saying let's 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 all be thankful. That's us and you, the listeners, be thankful that honestly that monsoon could have hit on Saturday. It could have hit on Sunday during, oh, yeah. like, which was a haunt event, an outdoor haunt event. So, like, in a way, we're lucky that it happened only on Friday. And, and you know, not that all days aren't important, but if there was going to be rain one day, you know, we're, we're fortunate that it didn't hit on the day where they, you know, spent a fortune on a production right. to do a television show. And that's the thing. And it was amazing to me to see a show that I've been watching for a while in, in various incarnations, let's say back to the movie channel days to see that with a live audience because it played great with a live audience. Oh God. Well, you know, they would cut to a close-up of Darcy rolling her eyes and the place would just erupt with laughter. And I, I don't think they're used to that kind of reaction. Obviously they're not, they never have a studio audience, but I could easily see them getting a taste for that and wanting to do that more often because it played really well with laughs and cheers and all that sort of thing. It was uh, it was like being at a at a rock concert and a comedy show rolled into one, as well as with the bands playing all day. Yeah, you know John Brennan and the Big Feet were playing and they were killer and hilarious. He was he's a he's a totally cool guy anyway. But the bands that we had playing all day were really interesting, and uh, people really dug that. So it was you know it was a cookout, it was a concert, it was a convention, it was a live TV show, it was an independent film festival and a haunted attraction all over the course of four days. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a little insane, you know, like and and you know again, going into it hoping everything goes well with the weather, goes well with the program, goes well technically, blah blah blah. I think honestly we got off pretty well. You know, anybody who had issues on Saturday Joe Bob and Darcy did literally a six hour version of The Last Drive-In live and they naturally were burnt out. I remember that night we accepted uh, the Lifetime Achievement Award and my eyes and my body were done, like totally you done. You were so barely yeah. conscious, it, oh. was, it was troubling to me. It, it was insanity and I could see it in JB too toward the end of the night where I'm like, this dude has to just be done. 
And he walked out to the crowd and said, you know, the, I know we couldn't get to everybody as far as autographs, but I'll make it right if you guys are here tomorrow or, you know, send me an email or whatever the case was. So rolling into Sunday, you know, obviously we didn't have the tune tent, but JB and Darcy did come early, like real early. They were there, I would say by like 11 or 12. And they literally plopped down, started doing autographs, knocking out some people that couldn't get there the night before. They took their break. Then we started organizing the photo op lines, which that was a little bit of mayhem. But, you know, again, it's expected, I think. The fact that people coming into this thing knew that it was a sold out show. They knew that there were two people to meet, like they were going to be waiting in some lines. But, you know, we had the vendors all set up and rocking on Sunday. We had the music going all day on Sunday. It felt more than any other day like a Mahoning event, you know, besides the uh, the hiccup in the morning with the tune tent and the scheduling, rescheduling of the photo op. It felt like a Mahoning event. And then when the sun dropped, it really started feeling like a Mahoning event when the immersive nature of things started taking over and the photo ops started going crazy and the cameras started coming out. But Sunday certainly was memorable for a lot of reasons, but the the whole sell of Sunday, which I don't think people knew they were getting, was it was like a custom version of The Last drive They shot interstitials, you know, pro style, edited, all that stuff in the Mahoning projection booth. They had a story tied in throughout uh, both of the movies, House of Wax and Them, that ran the whole entire program. And I think it knocked people's socks off. It certainly knocked mine off. I was there watching them do this. And to see that finished product, I was like, oh my God, like this is happening. And this happened. It was like a little horror movie they shot. I mean, it was shot film style. It was shot much more cinematically than your typical episode of a Joe Bob show would be. Oh, it was beautiful, you know? And that was something that I don't think we talked much about that publicly because we kind of wanted it to be a surprise, but they were on our lot for about two full days of maybe two weeks before the Jamboree yeah. shooting during the day on a Monday. Was it a Monday and a Tuesday? Tuesday and a Wednesday. Tuesday was a show day too. And they ran a little late. So we had to delay our gates and tell everybody, you know, the center section of the snack bar is closed because there's a production filming. We didn't tell anybody what it was. <laughs> And uh, they lit up, they shot it entirely in our 35 millimeter projection booth, uh, lit it really nicely. Uh, I said they lit it Bava-esque, JT said they lit it like Creepshow. Either, either, both are true. Very candy colors. Yes. They only slightly redressed the projection booth and Joe Bob was sitting at the uh, the DJ booth where I, where I then sat like right after he left for their shoot. I then did a DJ set that night for Terminator 2. <laughs> And uh, during the day on Tuesday, Val catered. So she made some amazing uh, pulled pork and, and um, uh, pasta salad and some vegan options for the crew. And they loved that. Then, you know, they shot, like I said, up to about gate time. And then on Wednesday, they shot all day into the JT can tell you into the wee hours all day and all night. Uh, and that was with yeah. make actors and makeup, which I think they had a little on Tuesday. We had actors in sort of mutant and makeup. Heat. Another insanely hot yes. day. Oh, they were insanely hot days. I felt really bad for the people who had to be in there the whole time. They tried to cordon off a section of the snack bar near the VHS wall on the left with uh, sheets of plastic and a little portable air conditioner for the makeup tent. So everybody's makeup didn't melt off their faces. But let's turn it over to JT because you had some involvement <laughs> that day. That, that was the biggest thrill. 
is, is we got to see our one and only JT up on the big and, and Steve as well. That's right. Yeah. Well, not 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 for long, but I mean, uh, I'm up there. I was definitely up there. I was up there longer than I expected because I couldn't tell what camera shots they were doing. I couldn't tell when I was in frame or not in frame. They did it like several times for. Uh, I don't know if I want to spoil what happened to me, <laughs> but something happens to me. Something happens to me on on because I'm not sure what their plans are for this later on um, beyond just our event. But yeah, I made it in there a few times as a zombie because Doug Sackman, our friend from Troma, our special effects uh, genius from Troma, volunteered myself to be a zombie mutant. That's a whole other story. Well, <laughs> But uh, then I got my brother involved because I needed people who had no problem wearing makeup. And clearly, he has haunt experience, and I do this all the time. He saw me at the uh, Zombie Fest for the, the Zombie 2 screening where I was wearing makeup, so he knew I could handle it. But it was uh, it was nice to not have to do my own makeup for once and to roll in and have... Um, I think they work for various haunted attractions. They do makeup for haunted attractions. But they did my makeup, and they did a very good job. But I was in it for a while because they did go late shooting. And my demise in the in the uh, story was like the like the end of the shoot. It was right near the end because there was going to be an effect involved. and um, So I can vouch for how late it took. I got there earlier than I was supposed to be there. My call time was at 3 or 4. I think I got there at like 1.30 or 2. And I didn't end up actually shooting my stuff until 11 o'clock, maybe. And even then, they went beyond that, firing guns off. (laughs) (laughs) Firing blanks off in the projection booth. So, yeah, no, it was was really cool. I mean, it was, uh, you know, since I do this so often, I'm very picky, obviously. So I'm, like, adjusting my costume. And I actually snuck in the back, and I did a little work on my uh my attire because i don't think it was stressed enough so i went and i took a knife and i was like shaving it off and doing what i would do you know to my costumes right but nobody cared or noticed but uh no that was definitely very bizarre to have after all these years of watching joe bob being a giant fan like since monster vision and even like writing him emails and seeing him at the alamo draft house and in between monster vision and the last drive-in to be like in a production that's theirs as a zombie, which was uh, it was appropriate for me playing so many zombies at the drive. <laughs> you looked very comfortable in that dead skin. So you got that's on screen sure. twice that weekend too. I was. Well, you guys also got to be on screen. So I made it into the them segment, and my brother was in the House of Wax segment, and so he actually got to act, so to speak, act with Darcy as a zombie. I didn't really get to act with them. But I'm like talked about like consistently in in my interstitial interstitial moments, and uh, I'm in a few shots with them, which is cool. And we got a really nice photo afterwards just to commemorate the moment while we were still in the makeup before they took it off of us. But I was also really you know happy for my brother to be involved too because I, I he's been helping out at the drive-in the last year, yeah, and. I think I've, I've given him a lot of really cool opportunities that he didn't get to have at, at previous like haunt attractions that he did. So like, you know, to say that he's in a Joe Bob thing too, like it, it definitely pays off to help at the, the Mahoning. Oh God. Yeah. That's why I said like, you guys have credits forever. 
on on the last driving, you know. I don't know if there will be a credit. There weren't credits at that night. Yeah. Maybe there will be. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to I'll have to ask Justin. <laughs> Can you give us an IMDb? <laughs> So also speaking of, of you and Steve, we, and you can get back to this if you, if you have a continued thought, but I wanted to make sure you talked about those amazing vehicles that you had set up as people drove in too. Make a long story short, I, there's a lot of ideas I wanted to do for this show. And, uh, you know, it, but it, being that it was like a joint effort by both parties, it, it ought to be agreed upon. And um, I, I was, you know, Jeff gave me free reign to just kind of do some of my ideas. And one of them, was the giant ant set, and one of them was some drive-in death mobiles, just to add some kind of a punk rock flavor, kind of like leftover VHS fest attitude, bring it over to Joe Bob, because there are so many of our shows that we do that I know would impress people, like, and that not everybody can come out, and this was a great opportunity for people to come out for Joe Bob, but also see stuff that we do, like for ourselves, and kind of like the Mahoning style, so we worked on these two uh, derby cars that Candace loaned out for us to do whatever we wanted to. So we put 35 millimeter film reels on the uh, wheels and he made a, like a gun turret out of a film reel. Like that's the barrel, like a, like a Tommy gun <laughs> ammo canister. And by a skeleton. Uh, we made, by, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then um, we put a Mahoning arrow on the top. It was like a, an implement of death, you know, that said Mahoning DIT on it with a cowboy riding it. And just a lot of like, you know, just fun, cool design elements. We had a VHS car. And so the whole idea was we had a VHS car versus a 35 millimeter car. And uh, one of them said VHS is king. The other one said death to digital, 35 for life. <laughs> so I, I, a lot of people are getting pictures with them. I've seen a ton of photos, even though. You know, I was all the way on the other side of the property. They were over tucked away kind of by where you enter. People were still wandering past them and getting photos with them all weekend. So I'm glad they were there for a good a purpose. And obviously the ant set served another purpose on Sunday yep. when it got used for the official photo op. JB, JB and Darcy got to pose with the ant at the lawn chairs. And uh, it, it fit thematically because their set on Saturday was what was going to be the uh, last drive-in set, the original set, they still used it for the most part. And they used that for the photo ops. And then on Sunday, to fit with the programming, to fit with them, they used that as the photo op. So it, it's definitely you know cool that people did take to the things that me and my brother put together. And I also had help from uh, Lisa's friend, Chris, who's uh, an amazing you know, special effects guy, he can make whatever I ask him to. And uh, Sheila, who digitally removed some people in the background yes. of the photo op. That was, a, that was a scene from the movie. And just like with the Karate Kid show before that, she used her technical wizardry and removed people, <laughs> removed actors. <laughs> yeah, to give it a clear uh, canvas, which is amazing. So again, it wasn't for them. So turned out for anybody good. who somehow yeah. missed photos of that photo op, um, it was a giant black and white photo from them of the ant coming over the hill. You, you, the person would be in the foreground. There was a giant ant head with looking like it came up out of an ant hill uh, on the ground, giant fully formed ant head. And then it was Lisa uh, painted visibly head to toe in gray makeup. So she looked like she was a black and white person. 
And that was that was right. amazing. <laughs> Stroke to look of at. genius. Stroke of genius, James. She was uh, airbrushed, so that was not easy to get off. <laughs> She's still looking a little pallid. But yeah, the whole idea was that. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm like, are you sick? <laughs> you're like, um, but no, I, the, the thing is I can't really, like, because you're using people's cell phones, so you really can't mess with their features on their phone when you take a picture. A lot of pictures, I would like them to be black and white, like when we did the Universal Monsters ones. I'd love it if their photos were black and white. But I can't really mess with their phone settings. So then I thought, well, we'll just do it manually, and we'll just do a black and white set. And they're the only color element in the set, like like a Pleasantville or something. And did you spray paint the sand gray as well? No, I bought gray sand. Uh, it wasn't as gray as I expected, but I did spray paint the trees because I got I pulled trees out that matched the set, like what's in the shot, the desert or whatever scene it is in the movie, and I spray painted them black and white to match. So, yeah, there was very I did everything I could to try to make it as black and white as possible. It was so good. I, and I remember when we first put our heads together on this thing, we were like, like, let's have attractions everywhere. Let's have it be like, no matter where you are on the lot, there's some sort of action going on. And, you know, we cut back the amount of sets that originally we were planning on, but that certainly was executed no matter where you are, were on that lot. All you had to do was take a couple steps either one way or the next. And you are in some action. You are in line for a food truck, in line for the vendors, in line for the stand, in line for the up front with the bands, whatever. It's there was just so much action. And I think, you know, like you said, James, it really showed off what the Mahoning does on a regular basis, but also raised that bar uh, for what inevitably was the biggest event we've ever put on. And it was a massive undertaking for all. JB and Darcy are absolute troopers uh, rolling through, making sure everybody was happy. They even went the extra mile to say, hey, if anybody wasn't happy, reach out to Joe Bob personally and they are going to make you happy. Um, but, you know, Mark's been fielding the emails uh, coming into things. Obviously, it was ticketing issues. And now that we're rolling through things, it's amazing. It's been nothing but kind of simple questions, thanking us whatever the case is but the big question we keep getting is you know when is it coming back like what's going on can we can we plan on this can we expect this to be a regular thing we went out of our way to promote this as the first annual joe bob chamboree at the mahoning drive-in theater and we certainly plan to do this every single summer as long as we can and the plus is that since we got this out of our system this year, we can learn from so much. We can make next year so much better, such a better experience for people. And uh, off of Mark's suggestion, I say we do it about a month earlier to try to beat that heat. <laughs> I remember originally we were going to do something last October. And I, I, I was one of the guilty parties that said, no, we should do it in July when it feels like, like we're in Texas. Thanks, James. <laughs> like, but this year has been a very bizarre year for weather yes. overall. Like, we've never had a year with this much humidity, with this much rain. Uh, it's very unexpected for us even. So, you know, I can only hope for the best next year. But, I mean, I, you know, 
for those that say global global warming doesn't exist, just saying we <laughs> <laughs> normally these are you know we'll get the occasional rain, the occasional humidity for sure, but you know it's a very tricky year with trying to work around weather. So I I I'm all for moving it up or moving it back even, you know. Yeah, I mean hell, if this is something we could do regularly, because that was the big thing where it's like there's just not enough tickets to go around to the amount of people that want to come to this annual jamboree but i think moving into it figuring out that you know what we can offer over a weekend what we can do how we can spread out the experience all that stuff only makes things better moving into the future and honestly let's be real guys like that's how the mahoning rolls or have we not been built on annual events that get better every year and also i mean so many people were disappointed they couldn't get in and can we release more tickets i feel like everybody who was present on either side of the counter realizes that you, you don't want more people than that there <laughs> like do to, to, to no, potential attendees it's like do you want to wait in a line that's even longer than what was there that weekend i think it would be better if it was kept at a very, very manageable, manageable number of people who all had an incredible time and not something that where you just pack people in and everybody is waiting in lines for everything forever and running out of things. I think it's much better if you can keep it a bit mellower. So I think we saw really the absolute cap on how many people we want to have on the lot for an event and still have it be comfortable. And I think honestly, you know, again, so much has to be said about uh, Joe Bob and his team, but also the Mahoning team. I've never seen this team pull together like they did for this Joe Bob weekend under the circumstances. It was incredible and moving, you know, to really see so many people come together for the common good of what we do, uh, putting all the egos and bullshit aside and saying like, hey, this is what we do. This is our core. This is a celebration of the drive-in and the culture. And I'm going to do anything that I can to make sure that everybody here has an amazing time. And that's the one thing we kept hearing was like, your staff, the staff is just amazing out of this world. And that was the big plus of this event is it brought in a ton of new people that have only heard of the legend of the Mahoning and they got to take it in and see what that's all about. I mean, for us to do what we did is kind of mind bending. And I think coming out of it, some people still are thinking like, what a fever dream that was. <laughs> no, I said it earlier. I mean, everybody rocked hard every day. Some of our staff was there, was up and on the on the lot, you know, before 9 a.m. and was there until 4 or 5 a.m. I mean, we were all operating on a couple hours of sleep and then doing it over again the next day. And I mean, every single department, everybody in the kitchen was amazing and dealt with how hot it was anyway. And now add the food warmers and the grills on top of that and, and dealing with an endless stream yeah. of people and questions about everything. And Sandy and her gang at the merch tent were that line she had. I've never seen anything like that for the merch tent. It rivaled the, the line for Joe Bob and Darcy. We had Amelia Kincaid and Linnea Quigley were there all weekend as well. And people, you know, our staff was attending to them. We had our lot crew working that gate where I'm sure I didn't even I haven't even talked to them about what the gate was like, but we knew going into this, there'd be a lot of questions about tickets and tiers and who can get in and who can't and all that other stuff. They dealt with that. I didn't hear a peep about that. We had people dealing with medical yeah. emergencies. We had people parking cars. I mean, everybody was helping out in other departments when needed. It was it was an amazing testament to who we have working with us and for us <laughs> that we all survived it. Let's be honest here. Hold on. Let's be honest. 
what other drive-in movie theater, drive-in movie theater, not like a uh, convention center, not like um, an arena, like what drive-in theater could handle an event like this other than ours? You're right. I mean, certainly when you look at the layout of the land and how this event went through um, and, and was set up, I mean, the Mahoning is ideal, but I think more than the physical space, it's about the cultural space. We saw the mutant fam and the Mahoning fam become one overnight and really rally behind what the Mahoning stands for overnight. And I think that goes a really long way for the mutant fam to say, this is our home. This is this is where the jamboree um, has to be, you know? And I don't think there's a question. I mean, from inception uh, to that first meeting with JB in the snowstorm to execution to pulling together last minute sets to everything. It's like, we are a team in this thing. And, you know, we all have each other's back and rolling into this, you want the, the learning curve. Yeah, they, they could have this event, you know, at, at a Philadelphia Convention Center. They could do that. But, like, they, they won't have the drive-in experience. And, like, there's nowhere else in the country to have that authentic drive-in experience like, like our drive-in. It just, it just does not exist anywhere but in Lehighton, Pennsylvania. And right. can I jump non-linearly back a little bit to talk about an aspect of Sunday's Haunted Drive-In that we did not talk about? And that was the the live actors that we had, oh, because God. one of the greatest moments I've experienced at the Mahoning Drive-In Theater in Lehighton, Pennsylvania, occurred during intermission. And it's all to thank or blame Steve Mills on that. So we had uh, Amanda Blake was there <laughs> doing the makeup as she had for the shoot that was appearing on screen. But she also made up various volunteers and actors and some friends of ours as these drive-in mutants who's the the notion is that they're these strange hill people who have come down out of the out of the mountains to descend upon the drive-in and she had people made up as like pig people and mutants and zombified people with pro like film quality makeup appliances oh it was and costuming unreal. down to people's literally down to their fingertips everything that was exposed and at some point steve said we need to have everybody come in all these actors come into and mess with people in the snack bar during intermission and I, I was outside, I was watching him organize the whole thing. This was totally on him because they weren't, they didn't really have instructions to do anything during intermission. And during that first intermission, they all came in and messed with people. And it was, it was the, one of the greatest things I've ever seen there. It was like being in the middle of the Universal Studios Halloween show or something. Yes. Makeup totally. was top notch. Every and, performance and it worked was top out notch. Perfect. People were cracking up and taking photos and videos and didn't, and, and people were getting scared. Like they were during the yeah. movie, they were out there scaring people. And, and I guess John Brennan got full on, you know, <laughs> screech scared by somebody who popped up behind them, which may have been. Oh, it was the best. You heard you heard screams coming from all different corners yes. of the lot. You're like, this is working. But that was a great movie because JB and Darcy were pretty much locked into that table. Right. Indoors for Sunday. So they, they really couldn't experience the show or the haunt. So to have the uh, actors come in was amazing and i know that they really appreciated it but you hit it on the nose i love amanda blake and her work was amazing and jolene richardson who also does the costuming for the last drive-in they knocked it out the park again like inspirational work that raised the bar for the mahoning in such a huge way and it was that tenfold you know from 
the production team, to the makeup artists, to the costumes, to um, the actors, to the vendors, to the musicians, to Johnny and all he did up on stage. And it, it just was such a massive undertaking and took so many moving parts and people to do it. And this is the perfect platform to say it, like anybody who gave their heart and their sweat to make the Jamboree happen, thank you so, so, so much. Like this is what the Mahoning is all about. The teamwork to make something unbelievable happen. And I've said this in the press, I've said this on the radio, my whole motto performing on stages for years was give people something they're gonna remember forever. Don't give them that 15 minute escape. Give them something they're gonna be talking about at the Christmas table, you know what I mean? Around the table at, at, at uh, Christmas or, or dinner. And we pulled that off in a big bad way. This is something people are gonna be talking about uh, for years to come and, and remember that this experience for years to come. And we feel so honored and blessed to be uh, the home of Joe Bob's Drive-In Jamboree. This is why you like you, you grab people who have various skills and talents. Each everybody that helps out at the drive-in each has different attributes and abilities that we allow them to express. And like as Mark was saying with my brother, he has haunt experience. Like he knows that you can't have actors walking around in the dark because people won't see you. Like he, he knows this. So he was able to bring that, you know, from his past and be like, you know what? let's really make sure we show off these costumes and this makeup and, you know, get them in the light because the intermission for Sunday was super brief. It was like, what, 10 minute, 10 minute countdown reel. And that was it. The idea of keeping the show rolling along. Yeah. Well, yeah. So like that would have been a great time to like, let the actors roam around with the lights, with the lights on mingle with the, uh, the crowd. But you know, that was, as you said, that was like something that only somebody who has a, experience we would have been able to think about and everyone on the crew with their own experiences were able to pull and assist and make everything work across the board from from you guys running social medias and i heard you on the uh, the walkies like all day virtual like all day since i actually got to use the walkie this time it was just constant chatter oh, about com- the communication and getting everybody on the same page and you were constantly talking like, like i feel like your entire day was spent getting the cars in there and they all were in there i didn't know if we could pull it off but that was know, my I, biggest I concern even a few more that was my biggest worry on friday and saturday i made a point to be out on the lot crew and get them started in each row getting things parked so on sunday i could take it a little bit easier and focus on the production end of things and let them run with it but it was incredible like I said, it we pushed it to the limit. We had just gotten work done on the lot, just enough work to get us through. And there was still a bulldozer in. working on Thursday, if I recall, before showtime. Yeah. There was a bulldozer on the lot. People, I think, thought it was part of the show. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> but, but it's perfect. I have to bring this up because, you know, there were so many moving parts and elements and things that we had to push off and change schedules and blah, blah, blah. My favorite aspect of the show is that at the top of the hill where Joe, Bob, and Darcy were set up, there was a dunk tank. And it sat there for three days. And we did not touch that dunk tank once. 
<laughs> there were there were big plans to dunk JB and Darcy and all sorts of crazy stuff on Sunday, and we just had to roll with the punch. And JB and Darcy being the uh, the champs that they are, they were like, we are going to make sure that we get face to face with every single person that is on this lot. And it took them all night long, so all day and all. Well, night. they they never rushed it either. They took as much time as anybody wanted to take with them, which is not always the case when you have lines like that at signings. It was it was pretty impressive to see. Yeah, if you were there Sunday, you you were a happy camper. You know what I mean? And it was really great to see. And we have to thank all the mutant family and people who rolled with the punches. I had to face four hundred people both days for the tune tent and let them know, Hey, change of plans. But everybody was so supportive, so on board, so thankful. It was just, I mean, on a side note, I don't think I've ever given more hugs to strangers in my life. Uh, the fact that the news went out right as the Jamboree folks were heading into town, they were coming ready to embrace us and ready to take us into their heart. And, uh, you know, again, in, in a crazy stroke of, of divine nature here, it, it seems like this was meant to be. The fact that we got to have the drive-in king with us on the weekend that we were all able to save the drive-in is pretty insane. So certainly something we won't forget anytime soon and certainly something uh, we hope you guys will not forget anytime soon. So I think that wraps up the Jamboree. What do you think? You guys have anything else you want to drop in there? No, I'm, I, I think overall, mostly hits I mean, with a few misses. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a Mutant fan member myself, you know, giant Joe Bob fan forever. And like, if I was coming to the event, I would have been pretty damn impressed because, you know, there was so much to do, so much going on. The hiccup, if, if it had not rained, I think the whole weekend would have went off flawlessly. Yeah. But, you know, we had one issue on one day and it kind of affected the whole weekend to various degrees, but I thought Thursday went perfectly. I thought Sunday went perfectly. And I thought Saturday was mostly uh, a win with uh, minor issues, tiny. And Friday was the one day that was, eh. Yeah. So I don't think we really have to learn too much from some of those other days. We just have to go forward and uh, look out for weather, I guess. And <laughs> I mean, still try to run things the way that we did it. You, you know, take lead with, with a lot of the things that you did and I'll run my department and Mark will handle the way, well, hopefully with some help with all the questions coming in from the social media for months and months and months on end, which I'm, I'm well, sure he's glad. Is you over. know, there is, there, I, I do want to give a bottle of the preferred brand to whoever invented control C and control V because it does help in answering the same questions over and over again. Well, that's what we traditionally get, you know, for these not big events is a lot of the same uh, questions, you know, people wondering, hey, can I bring my dog? Hey, can I? Uh, oh, and I love an answering questions stand? because hey, most of most of the time, the answers I'm giving people make them happy and surprised, you know, so I, I love dealing with the public. And, and it was I loved, you know, I wound up being the DJ all weekend, which I hadn't planned on. So that seat of my pants DJ, I'm kind of used to, although I wasn't really sure anybody could hear anything because the bands were playing the whole time. But uh, at the did the run out groove on the new Joe Bob album that Ship to Shore put out that we were playing a lot to promote it. The run out groove is Joe Bob saying the word shit and it just repeats. And apparently I, I, I got pulled away to go deal with something outside and it was stuck saying shit for like 15 minutes over the radio. So some lady told me, <laughs> she's like, I was in my car because I, I didn't enjoy the bands and I had the air conditioning on and it was just saying shit forever. 
How are you? Welcome to Jamboree, y'all. Hello, folks at Walmart. Why does that religious station suddenly say the word shit over and over? No, I, I think we all learned a lot on both sides of the equation, the, the JB team and us, about how to deal with it next time and better you know, adjustments to logistics and communication and I was just so busy, I wasn't able to do updates online and because things kept changing so fast by the time you would say yeah. what the situation was, it had changed again because we were all kind of learning on the fly with some of this stuff. Yeah, it really came down to schedule. I'd say that's the only thing. And I think JB and Darcy had that reality check of being like, there's just a ton of people here and only so much time and only so much of us. And I think the idea of moving that photo op back just wrenched plans for the day. Because the idea was like when we did Bruce Campbell, we opened up the gate early for VIP. They got their VIP treatment as far as the photo op. Then the next gate opens, you know, and the guest is open and available for that group. So when things started shifting around and schedules and times started getting changed, it just naturally down the line started affecting each and every step along the way. But again, as far as a humongous event like this, everybody got the opportunity to meet JB and Darcy. Everybody got the opportunity to meet the, the family, the mutant family and the Mahoning family and enjoy music and vendors and like-minded people and food. And it just, I think it's everything that you would want in a jamboree. So hopefully we can, like you said, learn from this year in a big, bad way. And in our plannings for next year, make things that much better for people so yeah i would say on that note guys what do you think you're gonna sign off for everybody i have nothing more to say on the topic until we bring it up again in a future show <laughs> <laughs> yeah until part two That's when right. the real truth comes out no I'm kidding. <laughs> join us in 10 years for joe bob's jamboree one the true story <laughs> <laughs> no we loved it we love the team we love the fam no, I, 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 it's just crazy that our ragtag team pulled this off, you know, like, you know, yeah. The, people don't realize that people that came from all over, like they are a production team. The, the last driving team is a, a, a formal and professional production team. And we are a ragtag group of friends who had this passion for drive-ins and movies. And, you know, the fact that we hosted this show is insane. Like, like I never would have thought. That Joe, first of all, Joe Bob would have a show again that was as, as popular as this one is now, let alone that after that would happen, that we would host that show yeah. at the theater. Like, that is mind-blowing <laughs> and will always be mind-blowing. Yes, it's 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 incredible. And I think that the legend certainly was strengthened after this last weekend in a lot of ways. But, you know, aligning us with somebody like Joe Bob and the Mutant family, it's again the the perfect stroke of destiny for us and a, a perfect step forward for us to say hey this is an annual that everybody can look forward to this is an annual that we can work better at every single year and yeah i think all in all it was just insanity <laughs> to say the least yeah, to say the least but i thank both of you guys so much for all your hard work not just with joe bob with everything the people have been asking, when's James coming on the podcast? So uh, you guys get a little taste. We're going to try to get him back as soon as possible. Be careful what you yeah. wish for. That's all I have to Enough say. Enough of James already, they'll be saying. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I love you guys. And thank you guys all out there listening to this for supporting the fight, supporting the Jamboree. 
and uh, moving forward in the future with us. So on that note, Jeff, take it away, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for coming out tonight to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. We hope you'll come back and see us again real soon. The exit is on the right-hand side of the screen at the front of the field, and most importantly, have a very safe trip home. Good night, and God bless you. <laughs>